You're listening to the pulpit of Marion Avenue Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for today's message. For additional resources, you can visit us online at marionavenuebaptist.com or by calling 855-825-4113. The truth will make you free. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalms 42. Psalms 42. Through the years, as a preacher, I've, I've tried to, um, I've asked the Lord to help me find messages just as I would commune with Him. I'd read the Bible, be praying, and uh, over and over again, the Lord has allowed me to get something for my help. And I figure if he gave it to me to help me, then probably there's other people out there that would need it. And I was reading my Bible um, a few weeks ago. In fact, I think it was more like a few months ago. And I was reading Psalm 42, Psalm 43, and a couple of verses just really jumped out at me. And uh, so I've been mulling on this for quite a while and been studying. And as I furthered my study this week, God brought me to a, to a destination that I had not thought of when I first started looking at this. So let's all stand for the reading of the Word of God. Psalm, Psalm 42, I want to begin with verse number 1, Psalms 42, beginning in verse number 1. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, my, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? It might be pretty soon, amen, <laughs> what's happening around us. My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? You ever been there? You're having a difficult time. You're going through the valley. And the heathen, they may not be saying it to you directly, but maybe you hear it on the news or from a politician basically saying, where is your God? Mocking God. And that's what these people are doing. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Once again, have you ever had that? When all of a sudden you you're just, you are just weighed down. And you find yourself asking, why, why am I this way? What's the problem? Sometimes we're not sure what the problem is. And he's saying this, he says, why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. I want you to remember verse number five. We're going to come back to that. Verse number 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Remember verse number 11. And then chapter 43 says, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. 
Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God my God. Now verse number five. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Maybe you've noticed that three times God alludes to a countenance. The countenance is your facial expression. The countenance is what you are, what people see. And I want to speak on this subject tonight, and that is getting a healthy countenance. Getting a healthy countenance. Father, thank you once again that you love us, and thank you so much for the Word of God. For 45 plus years, I've been reading it, and yet it's fresh. And yet I find new jewels to help me in my walk with you. Thank you so much for the Word of God. Help me, fill me. I need your help tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I remember when I was in Bible college, we had just gotten married. <clears throat> Maybe we had been married about a year. I had a good paying job. And suddenly I got laid off. And through a series of circumstances, because it was more or less a voluntary layoff, there were many people working at that place, and they knew that many of us men that were going to Bible college, that we did not want to work during the day. And basically what happened was during the layoff, they would take the third shift or the second shift, and they would switch them to the first shift. And they said, look, if you want that layoff, you know, we'll put it in right to the unemployment office, but if you want that layoff because we know you're going to Bible college, we can do that. And so obviously I took advantage of that. But unfortunately, due to who knows what, maybe they didn't fill out the paperwork right or whatever, I did not get my original application did not go through. And I was not going to get my unemployment benefits. And I remember driving to my second appointment for the unemployment, and I remember crying out to God and saying, God, I need you to help me. I was in the place that the psalmist is right here. What had been promised to me somehow hadn't come true. And here I was, I wanted to finish college, and I didn't want to leave college because I was afraid if I got out for one semester, I'd never get back in. I've seen many fellows end up doing that, and I says, God, I don't want to do that. I'm asking you, God, I need you to step in. I was crying out to God for help. And the first thing I want you to notice when, when it comes to getting a healthy countenance, first of all, we need to get help for our soul. You see, the, the psalmist said here that it was his soul that had the problem. He said in verse number one, he says, As the heart panteth after the water broke, so panteth my soul after thee. Oh God, it was his soul that disquieted within him. You know what I'm talking about. In verse number two, he says, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. He had a, a desperate need in his soul. He was so burdened down that it was, it was just something he was crying out. He says, God, I have got this burden that I need help with. In verse number four, he says, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. In verse number five, he says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? 
And why art thou disquieted within me? I mean, can you just, can you just feel, can you sense, can you empathize with what this man was going through? He says, God, I've got this deep abiding need in you. My soul has something that you need to give me, God. Verse number six, he says, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. He was needing help for his soul. By the way, the psalmist does not say that he got relief from his enemies. It doesn't say that. But it does say he got relief for his soul. Because you see, in verse number five, he says this. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. In other words, he said, I know I can get help, and I will give you praise, God, for the help for my soul. We don't know what happened. Obviously, he lived, but we don't know how his situation was rectified eventually. But what, what he was after was, let's call it peace. What he was after was, settle my soul, God. Give me an assurance, God. I've got to have help. I don't know the future. I don't know what's going to happen. They're mocking you, God. They're saying, where is your God? He says, but God, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to take care of this situation or how you're going to take care of this situation. But through it all, I need peace for my soul. Sometimes I wonder when we're going through a difficult time that we're more concerned about getting out of the situation than to get peace for our soul. In other words, it's not always seeing the result that we want that will give us peace, but rather it is getting help for our soul through the difficulty. So the first step to a healthy countenance is, first of all, we have to recognize that we need help for our soul. Secondly, I want you to notice his help came, I love this, from God's countenance. Verse number five, he says, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him for the, notice the, ver the wording, help of thy countenance. <laughs> he says, God, I need to see you in this situation. I need your face to shine upon. Remember, countenance means face. Countenance means the face. He was saying, God, I need your countenance to fall on me. I need help from your countenance. I need to see you. Amen. He realized that he needed to see Jesus. Amen. I think about that song in our songbooks, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. But notice the verse that says, O soul, are you weary and troubled? <laughs> no light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Once again, I'm, I'm concerned that we're, we're so concerned about getting out of the situation, about getting relief from the situation, that we miss the fact that the psalmist said, God, I don't know what's going to happen about the situation, but God, I need to see your face. I need your countenance to fall upon me. Do you have that panting that the psalmist talked about? Does your soul say, 
More than anything else, God, yes, I'm having this difficulty. Yes, they're mocking you, God, but more than anything else, God, what I need is I need to see your face. I need to know that you're looking upon me. I need to know that your face is directed toward me. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that God loves us all the time. But, folks, there's something about the seeing the face of Jesus. Or else God would not say, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Another song puts it so well when it says, There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one, no, not one. None else can heal our soul's diseases. Our soul's diseases. Sometimes our soul can be sick. Sometimes our soul can be weighed down upon the cares of life. Sometimes our soul can be discouraged and despondent. And sometimes we're like the psalmist and say, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? What's wrong with me, God? And yes, we need that relief. And yes, we need to ask God to help us to have victory. But more than anything else, should we not be like the psalmist and say, Oh, my heart panteth after thee, O God. I've got to see your face. I've got to know that you're in control. Yes, we do know by faith, but we also know that we need to see his countenance. Young people, you want to go forward in your life? Learn early to seek His countenance. Amen. Amen. Young couples, you're in, your, you're, you're in that honeymoon and, uh, and, you're, and you love one another. I say to you, hey, if you want to have a successful marriage, you need to start now, each individual, to seek His face. Amen. To see that I've got to have you, God. I've got to be close to you, God. I've got to know that you're shining upon me and that you're pleased with me. That's what he's talking about. That you're pleased with me. You know, the countenance of another can affect us. You don't need to turn there, but in Genesis chapter number 31, it's or 31, yeah, Genesis chapter number 31 is talking about Jacob. He, he makes this, this statement. It's, it's, it's a statement, and we all know what he's talking about because we've been there. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. He could tell by looking at Laban. He could tell by the facial expressions of Laban, by his countenance. He could tell something's not right between Laban and me. Something's not right. Laban doesn't have the same look toward me. He doesn't have the same joy toward me. He doesn't have the same countenance toward me as he did before. In verse number five, he says, and he said unto them, I see your father's countenance that it is not toward me as before, but the God of my father hath been with me. And shortly after this, he left Laban. The countenance of another can affect us. The truth of the matter is our countenance can affect others. When Job was going through a very difficult time, of course, we know the story of Job and we know how difficult his time was. But in Job chapter number 29, when God was kind of complaining, or when Job was kind of complaining to God a little bit, I won't read the whole chapter, but in chapter 29, he begins this way. He says, moreover, Job continued his parable and said, oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. You know what he's talking about? I had his countenance. I had his light. 
He says, boy, I long for those days. He's going through a deep valley. He says, I long for those days. But notice what he says about his countenance now. All the way to the end of the chapter, he says this, if I laughed on them, they believed it not, and the light of my countenance they cast not down. All through this, he was talking about how people respected him and how he was helping people and how people understood him. And he was a great man. In fact, verse number 25, the last verse says, I chose out their way and sat chief and dwelt as a king in the army, as one that comes the mourners. He said, I was somebody. And my countenance, my face, when people saw my face, he said, it made a difference. They didn't laugh at me. They didn't mock me. They thought I was important. Job realized that my countenance can affect somebody else. I ask you a question. If other humans can affect us and we can affect others with our countenance, how much more do we need God to shine upon us? How much more do we need His countenance to shine upon us when we're going through this veil of sorrows? Please take your Bibles and turn to the Psalms, chapter number 80. I want you to see just a few verses that talk about this idea of God's countenance upon us. In Psalms, chapter 80, in verse number 3, he says this, Turn us again, O God, and cause thy faith to shine and we shall be saved. I could just see the psalmist say, God, just shine on me. Show me that you're pleased with me. We're not talking about the love of God. The love of God, you can't do anything to gain more love of God, and you cannot do anything to lose the love of God. But we're talking about his face shining upon him, and he's saying, God, I know if you just shine on me, everything's all right. Everything's all right. Verse number seven, he repeats himself again in verse number seven. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy faith to shine, and we shall be saved. Look at verse number 19. He says, turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Look at Psalms chapter number 21, please. I want you to see this. Psalms chapter number 21 and verse number 6, Psalms 21 and verse number 6, he says this, For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. He's talking about the king. He's talking about the king here. In verse number 1, the king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord. And then finally in verse number 6, he says, For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad. How? With thy countenance. The king wasn't glad because he was king. He wasn't glad because he had great uh, money. He wasn't glad because he had this, that, that he was over this realm, but rather he says, I'm glad because I've got the countenance of God shining upon me. How about you? Are you concerned with God looking down from heaven and saying, smiling on saying you're doing good. His countenance on your life. Your countenance on your life. We see that if we're going to have a healthy countenance, first of all, we have to get help for our soul. Secondly, we have to realize that that health, that help for our soul comes from the countenance of God. Psalms 89 and verse number 15, he uses another phraseology to talk about his countenance. Look at that again, please. Psalms 89 and verse number 15. He calls it the light of thy countenance. Chapter 89, verse 15 says, Blessed is the people that know in the joyful sound they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. 
as I already said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Years ago, my wife's mother, when she was a young child, was diagnosed with TB, tuberculosis. And so her dad put her out in a uh, touring, what they call a touring car back, car back then. It had an open, had an open top. And he brought her out there, and he just had her sit in the sun and eat oranges. What was she doing? She was soaking up the rays of the sun for physical health. I wonder if we shouldn't just stop sometimes when we have that depth of grief in our soul. I wonder if we shouldn't stop sometime and just simply say, God, I just need to sit here a little while. I just need you to shine on me. I need some health for my soul. I need you. Yes, it'd be good if you could take care of this situation, but God, more than anything else, I need your face to shine on me. I've got a sick soul, and I need you to shine down and give me that strength that I don't have. She got health for her soul. When Moses was talking to, you don't need to turn there in Psalms or Numbers chapter number six, but when Moses was talking to Aaron and he was uh, teaching him about the Levitical priesthood in chapter number six and verse, beginning in verse number 22, it's right near the end of the chapter. He said this uh, to, 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 to Aaron. He says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto thy, his son, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Folks, we're talking about something that only God can give us. We're talking about, folks, as we read the paper and as we see what's happening and we're concerned about our country, and I'm right there with you, and, and I don't know what's going to happen, but my, I, know, I, told my, I was preaching out of town a few weeks ago, and I told him, I said, folks, do you realize we are living in prophecy? Now, I'm not saying I'm a prophet, and I'm not saying that I know the Antichrist is on the earth right now, but I was trying to get them to realize, folks, we've often wondered, how is it that the Antichrist is going to get all our attention and just like that get everybody to follow him? Folks, we lived it. We saw it. I mean, we, what, we've just gone through it, folks. Just like that, people said, okay, whatever you say, whatever you say, the Internet and everything else, and I mean countries shut down around the world. We live through it. And if we're not careful, it will weigh us down. And if there's ever a time when we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus, if there's ever a time when we need to realize that if I'm going to have the peace, it's not going to be by the next uh, uh, raise in my paycheck. It's not going to be by the next 401k. I'm not against any of those things. Hey, if I get a raise, praise God. Uh, but I mean, that's not it. He says, the peace that I need is from God's countenance. And that's what Moses, under God's direction, that's what Moses said to Aaron. Aaron, get them to realize that they need to see the countenance of God, and that's where they're going to get their peace from. If we're going to have a healthy countenance, first of all, we need to realize our soul is the need. Secondly, we need to realize that the way we get help for our soul is from God's countenance. Thirdly, I want you to notice this. 
God says we can have a healthy countenance. Look at chapter 42, back to our text verses. I love this. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, in chapter 42, verse number 11, and chapter 43, verse number 5, it is a different phraseology when it comes to the countenance. He says at the end of chapter number 42, verse number 11, he says, For I shall yet praise him who is the, notice the verse, health of my countenance. The psalmist said, my soul was discouraged, it was despondent, it was down. I had the mockers on every side, he says, and I needed help, and so I went to God. And how did I, what did I do? I said, God, I need your countenance. I need your countenance to come down and help my soul. But then he said this, he said, now I have a healthy countenance. His face changed. I've seen the glow of an expectant mother. I remember the first time we, my wife was expecting our first child. And all of a sudden, I saw her one night and I thought, man, she has a beauty. And she's always beautiful. But she's got a different beauty about her now. And you know what? She didn't work that up. Anybody that's married and your wife has had a child, you know what I'm talking about. There is a countenance that comes from God that wasn't there before. Now, she had her own countenance, and she had a beautiful countenance. I remember when we were still at college and we were not married yet, and I remember when I'd start down a hallway and all of a sudden she'd start down the other hallway, and all of a sudden, man, I saw her countenance change, and a big smile came over her face. Oh, you know, she saw me. What, what can you expect, you know? <laughs> I, just, I had to wake you up. Y'all were getting <laughs> And the truth of the matter is, I had the Cheshire cat smile. I couldn't help it because she was going to be mine, and I was going to be hers. Folks, the countenance that we're talking about, the facial expressions we're talking about, it's not something that you can work up. It's not something that you can, oh, I'm going I'm to have a different countenance. No, this is a kind. I'm going to get to the point here. I can't get ahead of myself. How you can get that countenance and how God can perform that countenance in you. But the countenance of an expectant mother, there is a reason why they have that beauty. And there is a reason why I had that countenance and she had that countenance. The countenance of a submissive wife. I really shouldn't name names, but I'm going to anyway. Have you ever seen Mrs. Epple when they're standing up here? Brother Steve is playing. Have you ever seen her look at him? There is a countenance about her. And it's not fake. There's a countenance. And by the way, ladies, you could have that countenance at your house too. I'm going to get to that in here in just a minute. I'm not just preaching to the ladies. I'm just simply saying I'm giving illustrations. And there's a countenance about Brother Steve. And, man, you could have that same countenance. I'm going to get to that here in just a minute. The glow of a submissive wife, the glow of an expectant mother, the glow of an engaged couple, the glow of an obedient child. I knew when I had my, heart, my children's heart. How'd you know? Their countenance changed. 
They didn't work it up, folks. When I had my child's heart, it didn't matter which one it was, man or female, but when I had their heart, their countenance changed. And I could see it. We're not talking about something we can work up. We're talking about something that God gives to us, a countenance that God gives to us, and it comes from Him. When we look to His countenance and we get help for our soul, then He can give us a healthy countenance, and that countenance, will people will see that countenance. Folks, we're not talking about personality here. So often we hide about, you know, well, that's just not my personality. We're not talking about personality here. I'll tell you why you follow your pastor, because he's got the countenance of God on him. How about you, men? Does your wife see the countenance of God in you? You can't work it up, fellas. It's got to come from him. And you're not going to get it unless you get it from him, unless his, unless his face is shining upon you. You cannot get it. My wife tells me, you're my favorite preacher. Now, I don't care if she's lying. I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> but I believe her. I don't mean I believe her that I'm the best preacher. I believe that I am her preacher. You know why? Because it's in her countenance. She's not faking it. Because she gets it from God. We're talking about a countenance, the countenance of obedient child, the countenance of a surrendered man to the will of God. I mentioned our pastor, the countenance of a loyal church member. Look, I was a pastor. And if you love your people, if you know your people, you know when their countenance has changed. They can't help it. For the better or for the worse. You can't control it. Why? Because it comes from God. Because it's something you get from God. Or, in the case of a bad countenance, it's because you don't get it from God. We're talking about a healthy countenance tonight. Each one of these areas, you can have a healthy countenance. A young person can have a healthy countenance. He can have a glow that's not manufactured by us, a glow that comes from within. It's a received glow from the God of heaven, from the countenance of God. But here's the thing that God drew me to. I, I didn't expect it when I was studying. I'd gotten to that point, but all of a sudden God showed me something that I had not expected. Why is it that some will cry? And seek God, and they're panting after God, just like this psalmist was. Why is it that sometimes we can say, oh God, i got to have help, and oh God, I need you, I've got a troubled soul, but it doesn't come. What is it? Why is it that they don't have that healthy countenance? Take your Bible and turn to Psalms 11 and verse number 7, and then be prepared to turn to Genesis chapter number 4, Psalms chapter number 11, and verse number 7. I want you to notice what God says here. He says, for the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. But notice the next part. His countenance doth behold the upright. God says, I love righteousness. 
And he says, I, my countenance, I'm going to be looking at the upright. Those that will do it his way. Now take your Bible and turn to Genesis chapter number 4. By the way, this is the first time that countenance is used in the Word of God. And anytime you're looking at how God uses a word, it's not only how he uses it, but it gives you an idea, it gives you a definition, is the, first, the rule of first instance. In chapter number 4, beginning in verse number 5, notice what the Bible says here. Of course, this is the story of Cain. And in verse number 5, the Bible says, But Cain, but unto Cain in his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Can you see his face as he brought his offering to God? Now, I know that, I know that, the, I know that the, the, the specific uh, interpretation here is talking about salvation. I understand that, but, but, but listen to the point here. He brought his offering to God, and when God refused his offering, his countenance fell. But I want you to notice the next verse. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thou countenance fallen. Verse number seven is the key here. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? God said, look, I, I want to shine upon you. I don't want you to have a sad countenance. I don't want you to have a discouraged countenance. I don't want you to have a look that you don't have a God. I want to take care of you, Cain. He says, you can have this. And then verse number seven, he says this, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Folks, you know what that's talking about? That's talking about a sin offering. You know what God was saying? He was saying, Cain, look, I have provided the offering. It's right there at your door. I've rejected what you gave me, but you can make it right. We can have that fellowship. Your countenance can be restored. I will look kindly upon you. My countenance will be upon you. The offering is right there. It's sitting at the door. It's ready. It's waiting. All you have to do is say, okay, I'll do it your way, God. The key to getting a healthy countenance as we are seeking God's help is we better make sure that we're willing to say, okay, God, I'll do it your way. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 John. 1 John. Stay with me now, please. 1 John chapter number 4. God wants us to have a healthy countenance. He wants us to have that glow upon us. A glow we cannot work up. A glow that, ladies, you can't put on with your makeup. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. In 1 John chapter number 4, look at what it says here in verse number. Here's, here, here is the biblical concept that God is teaching us here. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 20 says this, If any man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar, for he that loveth not his brother whom he, now here's the key, whom he hath seen. How can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment. Have we from him that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Do you see? Here's what God is saying. He's saying you cannot have the vertical relationship that you want unless you get that horizontal relationship cared for. 
And I'm convinced that what happens is just like Cain of old, God said, look, I want you to have a healthy countenance. I want to be able to take care of you. Look, the sin offering's right there. It's sitting at the door. If you'll just say yes to my way, you'll be cared for. Yes, for his salvation, yes. But more importantly, you'll be able to walk with me and talk with me. You'll be able to see my face. And Cain said, I don't want it. I want to do it my way. And I'm convinced that the reason we don't have healthy countenances it's not because we don't have a soul that needs to be helped. It's not because we don't cry out to God and say, oh God, I'd like to have your help. Would you please help me? It's because we get to this point where we don't get the healthy countenance because we say, but I don't want to do it your way, God. I just alluded to a few things. I mentioned about I knew I knew when my children gave me their heart, there was a change. Folks, we're talking about self-will. We're talking about, I want my way. We're talking about, I've got to have it my way. I want the healthy confidence, but I've got to do it my way. I want peace in my soul, but I want it my way. And God's saying, no, that's not how you get it. You get it by doing it my way. There's the offering. It's right there for you. We reject God's ways. Oh, we can have wonderful uh, marriages if we'll do it God's way. We can have wonderful families where there's peace and there's not uh, always uh, griping and complaining if we'll do it God's way. We can have God shining upon us. We're not talking about the love of God. We're talking about His favor. We're talking about Him saying, I like it. I like what you're doing. I'm shining upon you. I thank God that my wife was never, I never asked my wife to do this. I'm trying to help you folks. I've never asked my wife to do this. But after we got married, she'd go and she'd find a, a dress. And she'd bring it home and she said, I want you to look at it and tell me if you like it. My wife never came home and just simply said, look, I got a nice dress. I like it, period. You know what her concern was? First Peter talks about it when he says that the wife that has the hidden man of the heart. She came to a point in her life where she said, I want to please. You know what she was saying? Please, don't, give me, don't joke about this. I'm not making a joke. You know what she was saying? I want my husband's countenance to shine on me. That's what she was saying. You know what that's called? Dying to self. You know what that's called? I'm more interested in pleasing him than the latest fashions. I'm more interested in pleasing him than getting my way. I'm more interested in pleasing him than saying, well, I, I don't see what's wrong with it, or I like this, or it's this. No, no. She came to a point somewhere. I never asked her to do that. I've never had a problem with that with her. Every time she, she, she would go out and she'd find a sale and she'd come back and she'd say, I want you to tell me what you think. And you know what? Because I knew she was doing that with a heart that was sincere, I could give my real opinion. There are some men that would not give their real opinion <laughs> because they want peace in their home. 
because they've never seen the hidden man of the heart. Young people, I'll tell you how you can, you know what you ought to learn to do, young people? You want to have a peaceful home? You want to have a countenance from God? I'll tell you how you do it. You just decide, you know what? I want my dad to be happy with me. I want my mom, I want their countenance to shine upon me. You see, what God is saying, he's saying, look, if we're going to get to the point where we're serious about having the countenance of God shine upon me and saying, you're doing the right thing, that's great. I'm not talking about the love of God. That's, that, that's there. It's always there. We're talking about his favor. We're talking about him being pleased with us. But the way we get there is when we look at the fellow human beings and that are our authorities and we say, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you how to have a great marriage, you young couples that are just getting, that are just getting started or that maybe you're just getting uh, 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 interested in each other or you're just getting engaged. I'll tell you how. Get to the point, young man, where your concern is, I've got to have God's countenance upon me so she sees something that I don't have to work up. And a young lady comes to that point when she says, I am concerned about pleasing him. Young people, you want to have a healthy home? You want to have a peaceful home? You want to have a home where you're going to have joy in your heart? Why don't you just, yes, all these young people, why don't you die to yourself and just say, you know what the most important thing in my life is? Is to see the smile upon my mom's face because I've done what they want me to do. It's to see the smile upon my dad's face because what you're doing is you're training yourself to seek after the countenance of somebody else than yourself. Your whole demeanor would change. I've watched people. I don't watch them to be critical. But I just sit back and watch people. I think sometimes people think because I have an outward personality that I'm shallow and that I don't. I, I watch things all the time. And I've seen the countenance. I've seen countenance change for the better. And I've seen them change. Folks, you can't control it. You can't control it because that countenance comes from God and that countenance can only come from God when you've died to yourself and you stop living for yourself and you stop always thinking about, well, I want this and I want that and I don't see what's wrong with this. And I, Oh, man, we could have a great, great marriages and we'd have great homes and we'd have great children and we'd have great responsibilities here and beautiful. Uh, and we do have a wonderful spirit in this church, but a great spirit in this church if all of us just said, I'm more concerned about pleasing someone. I'm not talking about compromise, but that we get our, our countenance get changed because we're seeking somebody else. You know, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was fellowshipping with the Father. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that his countenance changed. And, of course, we all know that Jesus was more interested in doing the Father's will than his own will. Tonight, I ask you like the songwriter said, you have longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase and have earnestly, fervently, prayed. Is this the psalmist? Is this Psalm 42? 
as a heart panteth after thee, O God, my soul panteth after thee. But you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until you're all on the altar is laid. Until you get to that point, you say, I'm more interested in the authority people that God has given to me that I want to see their face say, well done. Because when I start learning that, then I'm going to be interested in getting the countenance of God smiling upon me. I want a healthy countenance. I hope you want a healthy countenance tonight. Let's all stand, Father in heaven. Father, help us to die to ourselves, our piddly little wants. Help the young people to get to that point where they're saying, I want to hear from my dad. I want to hear from my mom. You're doing a great job, son. You're doing a great job, young lady. That wise would have that hidden part and say, I want to please you. I want your countenance to shine upon me. That a, that a, man, of, that a man will say, oh God, I want your countenance so that my wife would be willing to follow me. Oh God, help us to seek after your face. To shine upon us. And we could say, thank you, God, that you love me. Yes, you love me, but Lord, thank you that you're saying, well done, that you're pleased with me. The music is playing. Why don't you just take time? Just take time. Just talk to God. Search your own heart. Do you want a healthy countenance? There's a God in heaven that wants to give it to you. It's there for the taken like Cain. It's right there at the door. He said to Cain, what a sad story. He said, Cain, it's right there. It's for your taken. It's ready for you. Oh, God wants us to have a healthy countenance. And we can't produce it. Only he can produce it. Is your all on the altar? Young people, young couples, young parents, old people. <laughs> One more verse in chorus of God is dealing with you. Now would be a great time to come down the altar. What a great message. We need the presence. We need the countenance of the Lord. Nothing else is as vital as that. Make an altar there in your heart. Commit your soul to the Lord.
Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful that we were in your house tonight. Thank you so much for that message from your word. I pray, Lord, that we would carry it with us throughout this week. Help us to think of those verses, Lord, that we looked at from your word about your countenance and how it affects our countenance and how our countenance affects the countenance of others. Lord, help us be very mindful of that, Lord. Help us to seek your face in all that we do. Thank you again, God, that you love us so much and you've given us this place. In Jesus' name, amen. And all God's people said... Amen. What a great message tonight. Thank you so much for being in church. Uh, thank you for being faithful to what God's called you to do. Please pray for our pastor. We miss him dearly. I know that you miss him. He'll be with us shortly when he's uh, good and ready, and he'll come home, and he's all fully rested. Uh, but pray for your pastor. Pray for his family. I know that we do. I know that we love him. Let's do this. We're going to have a great time downstairs. I hope you're hungry, because there's lots of great food downstairs. The teenagers have yet got all prepared for us, so uh, bring your, uh, your checkbook, you know, some things maybe, uh, you know, two, three dollars, you can give a little bit of a tip, they accept tips, I don't know, but they're raising money for their senior trip, so it's for a good cause, so we'll meet you downstairs, let's do this, I didn't do this earlier, let's just pray for the food right now, then we can, don't have to worry about praying down there, we'll just get in line and enjoy that great food, and then after we pray, we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, thank you again for a wonderful day. We thank you, Lord, that we have this opportunity to fellowship downstairs and eat some good food. We ask, Father, that you please bless into our bodies. And Lord, prepare uh, our, us, all of us, Lord, for this upcoming week of work. Help us to put you first in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. <laughs>